You're smart. Your TV is smart. That's why you cut the cord. But you need one more thing. Alaska's news source. Watch live or when it's convenient for you. Here's how. Just search Alaska's news source on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or Android TV. Install and enjoy. It's completely free and has everything you need in one spot. Breaking news. Statewide weather. In-depth investigations. Start streaming Alaska's news source live today. Last night, where were you sleeping? Did you sleep here at Cuddy? The national count of homelessness is underway here in Anchorage. Our investigative reporter, Rebecca Palsha, talks to some locals about why they are homeless. And after two days of record-setting snow, temperatures are dropping. I'll let you know how much colder it'll get this week. Education funding, agriculture, and the cost of living. These are all topics expected to be covered tonight. In the governor's State of the State address, our legislative reporter Stephen Kirch is keeping us up to date in Juneau. And special projects editor for the Anchorage Daily News, Kyle Hopkins, joining us in studio tonight to talk about the two Kotzebue women who were found dead on the former mayor's property and why Kotzebue police are not reopening the case. It's coming up at 6. You're watching Alaska's News Source. With well, the sub-zero temperatures much of Alaska is feeling right now, they are sticking around. In fact, Chief Meteorologist Melissa Fry says we can expect temperatures to get even colder. She joins us now from the Weather Center to tell us just how cold we can expect it to get, Melissa. Yeah, Mike, tonight not too bad. Again, we still have some of that heat left over that that storm brought in, if you can call it that, pushing temperatures even into the double digits. But uh, as that clears out, clouds and the fog even continues to clear through the end of the week, those temperatures are going to continue to drop. This is the view right now in Eagle River, uh, looking from Mount Baldy toward Anchorage. You can see those crystal clear skies overhead. Well, you could before the camera went out, uh, but seeing that fog, below temperatures sitting in just the single digits here across the Anchorage Bowl. You can see even colder as you head into Eagle River currently sitting at one below. We are seeing temperatures already back below zero also in Wasilla. Talkeetna currently at 10 below. Kenai at six below and those temperatures are going to continue to drop through the night. All of that cold air that's been uh, sort of bottled up across the western side of the state and across the interior that is going to continue to push further to to the south and to the east here uh, over the next few days. Everything highlighted in white shows you where temperatures are going to be below zero. And again, that is going to continue here through the end of the week. So you want to be prepared again for that longer duration cold snap to set in. We do still have a little bit of light snow still lingering from Prince William Sound down into Yakutat. Uh, that is on its way out, but into southeast. Snow is on its way in. Winter storm warnings in effect for Juneau looking at close to a foot of additional snow starting there overnight tonight. In Anchorage, again, we will see those clear skies overnight. Temperatures continuing to fall. Be ready for a chilly start Wednesday and temperatures struggling even to get back into those single digits in the afternoon. I'll have a look at that full seven-day forecast here in a few minutes. All right, we'll see you then, Melissa. Thanks. Well, temperatures this low aren't just dangerous. They can be deadly, especially for those living on the streets. Now, all across the state and here in Anchorage, teams from nonprofit agencies are looking for homeless people. It's part of the annual point in time count, an effort to total up the number of people who do not have permanent housing. Rebecca Palsha joins us now with the details on that effort. Rebecca? Mike, pets, drugs, and lost jobs, some of the things keeping people from finding permanent housing in Anchorage. And in Anchorage, and nationally, the homeless population has increased. 
Here's a look at the counts in Anchorage. <laughs> the thing is, when you're cute, oh, she's so soft. it's easy for people to notice. She was the cat that started it all. Lua Leah and the four other cats here are the reason we met Natisha Frazier. I have cats, and I'm not getting rid of my cats. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, that's my thing. That's one thing keeping her out of permanent housing, and instead living here at the homeless camp at Cuddy Park. A place doesn't want to rent to somebody that has an eviction in your history. Today is the point in time count. This is a HUD mandated count that happens every year. Everyone in the United States uh, is going to be performing a count of people experiencing homelessness in their community. And how long have you been living on the streets or in emergency shelters? Homelessness surged to the highest level on record according to the federal government. The annual headcount last year showed a 12% increase from 2022. The total count nationwide topped 600,000. How many times have you been homeless in the last three years? All the time. All the time. And like the rest of the United States, Anchorage is also seeing more people experiencing homelessness. In 2023, more than 1,700 people were counted in the single January day. I think that unsheltered, I think we're going to see about the same. This year, there's an Anchorage-specific question. Do you want to share the reasons or the factors that you feel contributed to your homelessness? No. Okay. As well as Anchorage-specific problems. What we have seen a lot of is people getting the early stages of, of frostbite injuries. Mia Moore! Count Frazier in this year's numbers. What are you doing, Mia? Hey! Of the unsheltered. And homeless people living in temporary shelters were counted last night. Those conducting the effort concede it's far from a perfect count, and the final point-in-time numbers won't be announced until April. All right, thanks, Rebecca. With dangerously cold temperatures sweeping through the Anchorage area for the past several days and weeks, the fire department is trying to help those who don't have a warm place to take shelter. Lexi Elberton tells us what she's been learning and talking with the fire department and Anchorage's Housing and Homeless Coordinator about those efforts. Under the current public health and safety declaration, the Anchorage Fire Department and other agencies are being advised to bring vulnerable individuals and those experiencing homelessness to warming shelters that are designated around the Anchorage area. That's after several days of sub-zero temperatures. Here at the Anchorage Fire Department, we have been receiving 911 calls related to people who have been undergoing prolonged exposure during these, this cold snap. And so, you know, we've been responding to these calls and assessing these individuals. And sometimes the need isn't necessarily a hospital, but rather one of these warming shelters. AFD says current temperatures are putting those experiencing homelessness at an elevated risk. At the same time, Anchorage's housing and homeless coordinator says AFD and other agencies are now able to bring those vulnerable individuals to the former Solid Waste Services Building, the former Golden Lion Hotel, the Aviator Hotel, or various other municipal buildings for warmth and needed resources. Now under the emergency declaration, we've opened up 90 spaces citywide, um, and now we have an opportunity for Anchorage Fire Department, Anchorage Police Department, our Anchorage Safety Patrol, our Anchorage Health Department outreach workers, and community providers to have a place to bring people. AFD and the Anchorage Health Department are recommending to call 311 or 911 if anyone is in serious need of help getting warm during this cold snap. Lex Yelverton, Alaska's news source. With just an hour now until Governor Mike Dunleavy's State of the State address is scheduled to start, our political reporter Steve Kirch 
is standing by in Juneau, and we've learned who some of the Alaskans the governor plans on featuring will be. Leading up to tonight's State of State address, we've heard the governor talk about education, public safety, agriculture, and making Alaska affordable. And his guest list tonight should give us a preview of how he plans to focus his arguments. The guests include an Alaska state trooper who investigates child abuse cases, Alaskans struggling with the cost of living, and someone representing how farms, the governor says, are vital to helping with Alaska's food security. Leading up to tonight, education has been the primary focus. Two educators representing the governor's priorities for charter schools and getting a teacher bonus system will be in the audience. Those positions remain controversial, along with the fight over how much per student funding each district should get, known as the Base Student Allocation, or BSA. The governor has said he'd veto any education bill just dealing with that funding. Last night at the Capitol, we saw a lot of parents and educators rally over what they say is not enough BSA. As the House majority continues to defend the bill, which right now is approaching a $300 increase. Well, most of all, I would like him to say he truly values education and to show that by investing in the base student allocation and raising it by $1,400 would be my suggestion. So you have to know that I come from the Matsu, which is a very conservative district, and we're probably one of the only school districts in the state that is actually has a balanced budget and is doing well. So it's very difficult for me to take a position of looking at a higher BSA. Now again, the mayor's speech begins at 7 p.m. tonight. You can follow our coverage at alaskasnewsource.com. Reporting from Juno, Steve Kirch, Alaska's News Source. Still ahead tonight, two women in Kotzebue were found dead on the same property two years apart from each other. Special Projects Editor Kyle Hopkins from the Anchorage Daily News will be here tonight to talk about one of those cases. You're watching Alaska's News Source. Well, tonight we're taking a look into the death investigation of a woman in Kotzebue that police say will not be reopened. This is one of two deaths where both women were found on a property in Kotzebue owned by former Mayor Clement Richards. The first, and the one we'll focus on tonight, occurred in May of 2018 when the body of 25-year-old Jennifer Kirk was found by one of the mayor's sons. The state medical examiner's office initially told investigators her body had signs of strangulation, but her death was ultimately ruled a suicide. The second occurred two years later in 2020 when the body of 30-year-old Susanna Norton was found beaten and strangled. Her death was ruled a homicide, and that investigation remains open. Now, these cases have been the subject of an Anchorage Daily News and ProPublica investigation. Joining us live in our studio tonight to discuss the findings and the decision to keep the Kirk case closed is Anchorage Daily News Special Projects Editor Kyle Hopkins. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us again. Sure. Good to see you, Mike. So first of all, uh, first off, can you give us a bit of background on the Kirk case for those who may not be familiar with it? Sure. So, so Jennifer Kirk was a, a Buckland woman, uh, 25 years old. She was uh, from Buckland. She was in Kotzebue in May of 2023. Uh, I'm sorry, 2018, um, and she was visiting her kind of on again, off again boyfriend with whom she had um, two children, and that was the the son, one of the sons of then uh, Northwest Arctic Borough Mayor Clement Richards. And on May 23rd, uh, 2018, she was. Um, found dead uh, from a, a gunshot wound that, you know, as you said, was ultimately ruled uh, a suicide, uh, although initially there were um, indications from the medical examiner's office that they thought that maybe there were signs of strangulation based on the initial examination. And one reason we were looking at that case is, of course, because we, 
because of the second death two years later, uh, while making a timeline of those two deaths or the, of uh, the homicide, we, we were curious about a, a history of domestic violence involving uh, Jennifer Kirk and, um, and her, you know, her boyfriend, the, the mayor's uh, son, uh, which involved uh, you know, convictions for domestic violence and uh, significantly uh, conviction for strangulation, which you know, we'd been told by, um, by law enforcement experts was, was the kind of context that makes them you know, look carefully at any, at any death at home that involves a, a former victim of strangulation in which the person who reported the death was the, the perpetrator of the previous strangulation and, and when that person has kind of control of the, of the death scene. So that was why we were looking kind of closely at that, that uh, 2018 death. So Kyle, what reasons did the Kotzebue Police Department give for keeping this investigation closed? Well, what they're telling us is that um, there's no, that they had sent uh, the case to the, the MMIP unit of the state troopers or the Alaska Bureau of Investigation that a couple of, uh, you know, state investigators had reviewed the Kotzebue Police Department's death investigation and concluded that there's no, no opportunity for new leads, that they didn't find suspicious elements, and that, you know, if Kotzebue Police were to refer that case to the troopers, the troopers would not accept it because they didn't feel that there was an opportunity there for them to draw a different conclusion. Kyle, we only have a few seconds left. How is the Kirk family reacting to this decision by the Kotzebue Police Department not to, to open this case? Well, I think they're disappointed. You know, the family and um, the, the tribe in Buckland had both written letters asking that the case be reopened. Um, I think the family has questions that still have, that remain unanswered. Um, they are, they were hoping for a different outcome. And uh, I think they're still pursuing things like certain records that they haven't received. So, uh, I would say disappointment, you know, for sure. All right, Kyle Hopkins, much more detail in your article on uh, the Anchorage Daily News, uh, this joint investigation by ADN and ProPublica. Thanks so much for joining us to give us some insight. And if you want to learn more about this, check out Kyle's article. It's quite extensive. All right, anytime. Thanks. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcast from Alaska's news source automatically. And stay up to date with breaking news and in-depth reporting available for free 24-7 with the Alaska News Source app.